Welcome to the Sexy Freedom Media Podcast. A place to discuss pain, passion, and pursuits. Let's get it. I want to feel alive. Breathe. Make some moves. Protect the throne. This is Sexy Freedom Media Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to Sexy Freedom Media Podcast. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2024. It's your host, Helen Edwards and January Liddell. Aloha. So today we actually have our special guest. She was on our, our podcast probably a few weeks ago, and we just enjoyed having her and we had such a great conversation. So we'd like to welcome Dr. Gretchen Guevara, our psychiatrist our home psychiatrist. And today we're going to be talking more about the mental path. And this is a course that she has designed for us. What I love about this course is that it's in the comfort of your own home and it's at your own pace, um, which is amazing. And she just launched her workbook as well. So Dr. Gretchen, I haven't called you Dr. Gretchen. So <laughs> it's always been Gretchen, Gretchen is fine. <laughs> Gretchen, tell us more about the mental path. Let, let's like recap about how it started. Okay. Um, oh gosh. Uh, I love talking about how, how it all started because it brings back all the good feels. Um, well, I've been a psychiatrist for a long time, o- over a decade now. And I really, the, the best part of it really is seeing transformations in people's lives. Like even the most basic things as far as managing simple stress to healthy lifestyle, all any kind of thing um, can, can really create great impact in your life. So that's my favorite part of my job is work, the one-on-one work with patients. And then over the, the pandemic, I, was, I got into creating my own business. So I created my private practice and a lot more of those one-on-one work with patients. And then finally, I just felt like I wanted this information out there for for just a wider audience because all of us, even myself, a lot of the things that I teach in my sessions are really things that I use for myself, my own self-care. And it just coincided with when we had our Disneyland trip and we were watching, I think the Mandalorian had like a <laughs> a run at the beginning of that year. And it was, we were thinking about um, the springtime usually for my husband and I is a, there's some energy that happens around that time where it's just kind of a quarter through the year and we're thinking about um, what's this year going to be like and what are some big life plans and all of those that energy and that Disneyland trip and our Mandalorian marathon just kind of had us really come up with this idea that let's really bring let's bring this information out there um, this is something we've talked about many years before but I think now that I have some entrepreneur kind of experience under my belt, like super small business, like beginning stages, I I just felt more brave and I felt like the the impact that it could give for people just kind of pushed me. And so we thought, ha, ah, this could be this could be online courses. It could actually we thought of podcast first. So it could be a podcast, it could be videos on YouTube, because we are very big on technology and just getting information like online, like that's kind of like what our world is about now, this access to information. We were thinking, what about 
from your brain as a psychiatrist, like there should be some expert information out there that people can use on a very practical level. And we just thought, okay, it had to be the mental path because that's what all the Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars characters are all about. Really, it's it's finding their own path, and really, that's all of us on a every one of us. We're just really just finding our own path, and so here we are. I love online courses. I'm a very big online course consumer. I love doing things on my own time, and also I love self development and personal growth. That probably stemmed from back in college, January, you might know, on our, our Filipino organization days. And so I just it just kind of gelled together all the things that I was passionate about. And then here I am, I created my first online course. I was scared in the beginning because it's new territory for me, but it was just my students have been so gracious and just gave really good feedback. And so I am ready to really bring it out there for have it, people's fingertips. <laughs> Well, I just want to say, Dr. Gretchen, <laughs> first Gretchen of all, is okay. <laughs> Gretchen, thank you for coming back on with us. And I love The Mandalorian also. And one of the things I love that you said was that you felt brave. And that's when you acted on your entrepreneur side of things. I love it. I'm one of your students. I started taking your course after you were on our first time. And I got sidetracked with, you know, the holidays and everything, but I'm excited to start over actually, because I found it very helpful. Just the, I think I was like in my third or fourth video. I love how, how patient you are with your words. And I actually got some feedback from uh, some of our listeners when I went to my book signing and some people were saying that they listened to your, to your, um, when you were on as our guest and they just said it was absolutely wonderful. And it's things that they needed to hear. So one of the questions I was going to ask you actually is, who are your main students? Who are your main clients? Because for me, I found it to be that a lot of women, because a lot, mostly women listen to our podcast, a lot of men do too, but mostly women around, um, you know, late 20s to 50s and 60s. And it seems like they're really drawn to women who are strong, who also have the patience to guide them and help them without judgment. Yes. So my students, as far as age range, usually in our, in their later adult life. So uh, not, not say later, oh gosh, I'm, I'm 45. <laughs> later meaning not in our, not 21. I, although I always feel like I'm, I'm 25, but you know, there's, if we think of developmental stages, there's in our early twenties, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do, you know, family relationship, even college. Right. And then after that, when you're a little bit more settled, have some idea about your career that I find that a lot of the students who are drawn, even in my clinical practice to me are starting at that age, age range where you have some idea about you, the, the clarity of your life direction is almost there, but there's still some things to kind of get figured out, you know. And so my usually my clients or my patients in my practice start there and then all the way through retirement. And um, overall, I find that the people who are drawn to my work, either in social media or like in in my clinical practice and even my, in my course, are really busy people with many responsibilities. These are people who wear multiple hats, parents who are also working or non-working parents who have so many home responsibilities. And then on top of that, like 
with all the responsibilities you have outside of you, you're still also trying to figure out, well, what's for me? You know, so I find that my students who, uh, uh, these are the, the behaviors and attitudes that my students are, 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 do have. You know what I love about your course is that uh, it's very simple, which I like because sometimes um, if there's too many words, too many things to read, a lot of us get overwhelmed because it's just too much. And so what, what you did in this course was keep it simple. I like the little video that you have, and it's you talking about, um, you know, that particular class module. And even that video is very short, sweet, and simple. And I love that because as, as busy as I am, you know, um, and I'm, all of us are very busy. We all have, you know, different things that are on our plates, especially for women. Um, I think as a mom, you know, we're all moms here, mom, working moms, um, just entrepreneurs, all, all of the above, we're all busy and have lots of on our plate. And so to have a class like this that keeps it simple and very easy to understand. One of my favorite ones so far is the trigger thoughts and action. Um, and it, you didn't put it in those particular terms, but that's kind of the gist that what I got was you wanted us to um, think about it from the start, you know, like what is that initial um, like trigger or what was the initial thought? I don't want to give it all away, but it was such a great platform um, for me. I'm not quite done yet. Um, I love that it's on my pace. I love that I can comment and you comment back. So that is beautiful because I feel like we're actually having this conversation with each other, even though I'm in the comfort of my own home and I'm doing in my own pace, but yet you are still replying back to me. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I guess maybe it might be helpful to just um, give what this course is about or just kind of a little bit of summary so that the listeners can know, oh my gosh, what is this? <laughs> Trigger thoughts action. So so um, my course is called the Mental Path Starter. And I call it that because I really want um, folks to get back to the basics of self-care on with the mental health spin. I do believe that mental health is really foundation for everything that we want to do, like as parents, as businesswomen, as activists. And we have to be as solid as possible, as grounded as possible. And when we get shaken up, we need to have the tools so that you can get back to the ground and then keep going. And so my my framework is super simple. And I'm really using what how a psychiatrist would think about um, approach to care. So it's it's thinking in, in my head, and now my version of this is thinking of things in three pillars every single time. Your physiology, like your body, your mind, your psychology, and then your environment, what's outside of your body and mind, like what's around you. And if we think of those things in three in three categories, it kind of gives us a bit of structure so that we have some guidance on how to approach things because that's how our brain works. It just wants some some direction. Otherwise we get so overwhelmed and then we get paralyzed or we get stressed out. And so this course is about bringing in the tools to not to avoid that as much as possible. Or when they come, we know how to really apply some of the most basic tools so that you can keep going. And so thinking of those, oh, go ahead, Helen. 
I just wanted to touch on what you just said, because I kind of just opened my eyes to some things. So I've been really sick and I'm actually just getting over sick. Well, I should, I should say I'm me. It's just like everybody's sick. Right. And a lot of people actually brought in the new year sick. And I don't think it's talked a lot about when people are sick. It's usually like, Oh, it's depression or anxiety during the holidays and all this stuff. But sometimes when you're sick, it brings down your morale and it also makes you feel like you're stuck. And it's because you're not going and doing all the things and all the goals like you're, you're used to doing. And I love that you just said your brain wants direction because I'm the type of person who, when I don't feel like myself, myself is in ambitious, go hard, motivated, self-motivated, just, you know, that type of person, self-development person. When I'm not her, I'm always asking myself, what's wrong with you? What's wrong? What's wrong with me? What's wrong? And it's almost like a repeated question. And I'm searching for that answer. And I'm listening to podcasts and I'm grabbing at everything I can because I'm trying to get back to me. And I think that was really cool that you just said your brain is trying to search for direction. So you're you're talking about the mental path right now. Is that... Is that kind of like the answer? Like, is that something you address with? Yes. Yeah. So um, I, I use the word specifically path, like the mental path, because um, it, as, as, as I was refining this course, I realized that the main message really is in any situation, and we can use the example you brought up with, with the new year and the sickness too, is that. It's about figuring out where, what's right now, like what's catching your attention. Where do you start? So that's your starting point. Okay, I'm feeling sick. My, my body's feeling sick, and then think, and then thinking about this is causing me some stress because this is not where I want to be. I don't want to be sick. Well, then, if not this, what's my destination? Where do I want to be instead? I want to be not sick. I want to get back to that. Let's go for my dreams kind of stuff. Let's get back to the routine. And so now you have your starting point and then you have your destination. Now, the path now is what we need to figure out. And my angle is let's focus on the mental path. You know, that's, that has to be one of them. And what I want to, and then that's where the physiology, psychology, and environment come into play. And so because we want to go here, What's the path that we need to clarify? Let's look at physiology first. I'm feeling sick. Is it because there was too much? You just came back from a trip and your body is crashing from all of that adrenaline and dopamine. And so it has to, it's giving you all of these signals that body, you need to rest. You need to not listen to a thousand shows and podcasts. You need to just sleep. Yeah. And so that's a, that could be the physiology part. And then the psychology part might be, okay, just because we're feeling down does not equal a depressive episode. It doesn't equal hopeless and stuck and all of that stuff. You know, Now I get to shift my thinking and it could be that my body's just telling me to rest physically. And then the environment part is, okay, what's around me? Was it too much stimuli because I was excited about all of these things and that my brain is saying, I need a bit of a break from all of this sensory stimuli around me that 
one way for me to tell you that is to give you just a little bit of inflammation in your body to tell you that you might feel a little bit feverish and you need to rest. And so now that we know that, the path could be, I just really need to rest. Maybe I can read a book, maybe not so much do all of these other meetings just to get to this destination. So the because I, and and really that's how I approach every single thought about this. Is this really like my, my thing? And it is, that's how I approach every single case that I see in my clinical practice. That's how I approach my life in any angle, not just in physical illness, but like when it comes to goal setting, when it comes to emotions, you know? And so I designed the course so that we touch on all of that, that it's not just mindset. There's a whole lesson around just like listening to your body actually, and how it ties into all the other ones. Um, so yes, so that's the, that's the path. And the path looks so different for each person and for each case, for each situation. Actually, speaking of the path, so can you talk about all the modules? Because there's several of them and I don't remember. So if you can share yes. with us. Oh, gosh, I should open it up here to my side um, so that I can I can look at that. So we do have nine different modules and the way it's designed is to really um is to really give the most basic information. And this has been the feedback that my students have given is that um, I, I have students there actually who I've had a chance to work with on a clinical setting too. And even they were saying, oh my goodness, if I had just known this way before, you know, it would really, um, yeah, just set me up for a different, different path. But anyway, we are where we are right now. And there's all kinds of um, reasons why we are here. So the first, there's eight modules. The first module is about getting clear. It's learning the different questions we get to ask ourselves about our starting point, where you want to be, and then those three pillars, physiology, psychology, and environment. And as, you, as you're learning about getting to know what your current situation really is, and it could be like emotional, it could be a social situation, Thinking, asking the question so that you can be set up to take action, make a change so that you can get to a different destination. And then module two delves more into the physiology, psychology, and environment, like really how to assess what am I thinking? What is my body feeling? What's around me? The environment part, usually we forget because an environment is not just physical space. It's like the relationships that you're in, the interactions that you're engaged even the things you consume yeah, on social media or online. Then module three talks about how you describe your experience. And this is to just clarify what are these words about? And this is, this is not just about diagnosis, actually. It's literally like if you are trying to talk to yourself, how do you put into words what you're thinking and feeling so your brain can clarify and can figure out what to do next? This is also important so that if you're trying to engage support, like reaching out to your dear family or friends, or even seeking professional support, that you feel empowered and confident to describe your experience. And the more that can happen, the more people are able to actually know where do they, what's their role in helping you out or what, can, what kind of support can they provide. Now, module four is one of my favorite one, actually. It's, I call it the grind. Module four is about looking at your typical day 
And really, if you break down what happens from the moment you wake up until how you wind down at nighttime, from things like your morning routine, your physical activity, your nutrition, even how you're, what you're putting your time into when it comes to your personal projects and hobbies, your rest, the types of interactions you're, you have, like the people you're around matter so much. Yeah. And how much you're around them matters so much. We talk about all of that because if you really examine them, it will give you so many clues, what's really draining your energy and what's energizing you. And that has direct correlation to things like your mood and also how your body responds. So just to um, add a little bit more to what you were saying, because I think number four, I'm really excited for number four, um, because I'm finding, because like Helen, I was also sick. I was just sick this past week, and I just did not feel like myself. And I'm realizing that rest, at least for me, might be for a lot of people, plays such a huge role in recovery and and healing and all of that. And I know for the last couple of days, Monday to Wednesday, I was sleeping a lot and that felt so good for my body. And I just shut everything down. Um and I'm I feel much better. So I feel like getting that rest, um, that sleep and really knowing like where I'm at at the moment um, really did help. I felt just like Helen, though. I did not feel like myself. And I felt like I was lazy, although I'm, I, it wasn't a fact of being lazy. It was just a fact of like healing. And so I think uh, getting to module four will help me <laughs> figure out this whole um, process when it comes to, you know, being sick. Because to me, like being sick to me um, is kind of an obstacle to my goals. <laughs> You know, I don't obviously don't want to get sick. Nobody wants to get sick. And but it does put me back. It sets me back a little bit. So I'm excited about module four. Um, I feel that the food that I put into my body also affects like who I am. I'm noticing that when I put lots of green and, you know, just healthy food in my system, my body just feels so much better. Whereas if I have like a chocolate chip cookie or ice cream or, you know, all the good stuff, <laughs> I, I notice that I'm very sluggish. And I notice that I'm not as happy in my body and my body is like, take this out, you know, so I, <laughs> so I am excited to learn more about module four. But so you have four more modules, right? So would love yes. to learn about the other four. <laughs> By the way, for um for module four, the most favorite um the most favorite lesson in that is actually rest. And I talk about the different types of rest because it's not just physical rest. There's the, your creative rest is also one type of rest. Social rest is one type of rest. So I I get into more of that. Um, <clears throat> my next favorite, all of them are my favorite. <laughs> my, my next favorite is. The physiology part. Now, I think this is really where um, meeting a psychiatrist, even at some point in your life, can be very helpful because it can, um, or or someone who talks about the body, yeah, outside of just like coping strategies and thought strategies, because learning just a little bit about your neurochemicals really, really make a difference. Like the most basic information about adrenaline, dopamine, serotonin, cortisol, so I get into that, into, into module six, that's physiology. And then next to that, so we're going into the three pillars, right? We talked a lot about physiology, next is psychology. I delve into now my, things like mental chatter, 
mindset. And I teach some of the very basic strategies for thought evaluation. Now, my my personal approach to this is the, I call it the choice challenge or the change challenge. And it's, it's um, all C. So one is catching yourself. Again, your body and your emotions will give you all kinds of clues. It might be that you're starting to feel tired or hungry, right? So you catch yourself. What it, and then what is going on? You get curious. And then if, if in your curiosity, you realize that, oh, there's some, I'm, I'm getting into some thought ruminations or, <clears throat> or thought spirals, then you get to challenge. So that's the third C. You get to challenge that thinking. And I teach the different steps on how different ways to challenge your thoughts, um, including the most basic step in what we call cognitive behavioral therapy. It's really just thought evaluation strategies and how to reframe it so that you can have more helpful thoughts so you can move on to the next thing. Even if you're just moving 1% forward from the funk that you were initially having, that can make a big difference. Once you have all of that, you can then make a choice to think differently or do eat something different, you know, per perform differently so that you can make a change. So I, I, I talk about um, those strategies. And finally, like there's module seven, seven and eight. Module seven is all about strategies. Now, this is going to be the part of the lesson where it's going to evolve over time. So whoever has this course will have this for life. And I'll just keep adding stuff in there. And anything that comes into comments or questions, um, if it's a lesson that are that keeps coming up or a topic that keeps coming up, I will create a lesson for that. So far, we have lessons on how to clarify your values, goal setting, which is one of my favorite ones, um, even journaling. You know, so a lot of times, really, I work with so many high-performing people, like, like People might say type A personalities, which I probably have some of that too. Like really high achieving people who are who have big dreams and want to achieve great things. And many times they say, you know, what do I do? I'm overwhelmed. I'm burned out. And they're looking for a magic answer, you know, but really the, we can't get to that magic answer if we're not taking care of our basics. And so that's really some of the things that I'm putting in this strategies portion of this, um, of the module or of the course. And finally, in module eight, I just added there my own ideas about what are the basic informations to information to prepare for if you are thinking about seeking professional support or if you are encouraging a loved one to seek professional support and not just mental health support. It could be just talking to your primary care doctor or talking to a coach, you know, a life coach or a mentor. Because I want people to feel confident when they talk about their mental well-being. Because why not, right? This is it's such a gift to the people around us if we are brave talking about it. Because it can encourage the other person too to look at their own story and think about, okay, where am I at? And then where do I want to go? So full circle, yeah, to the mental path. So another thing that I was very fascinated with is that this would be a great course for somebody who's not ready to actually see somebody in person. And it, it, it's as if you're having a psychiatrist in your room, um, whenever you feel like talking to a psychiatrist and, 
And it gives us like a way to ask those questions. You're asked, it's as if you're asking the questions to us. Um, and we're just like, we're reading, but, um, but what I love as well, and I, I mentioned it earlier, is that when I do comment, you actually respond right back, um, which is so helpful as well. So I think this is a very good precursor for those who are not yet ready to see a therapist or a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Um, uh, what this does, it, it gives you guidelines of how to respond to certain, you know, circumstances and, and really truly understand like what's going on within our own bodies, ourselves, um, that why, why that may explain why we're reacting or responding the way that we are. So I, I really like it. And so for those of our listeners that are listening today, this is such a great tool. It's a toolbox to have for you so that you can, if you're not comfortable yet to talk to somebody in person or don't even have the funds, um, this is such a great course to, to use for the time being. Um, so it's actually, it's actually, um, I designed it um, as a personal development and self-care um, toolbox. A lot of my students are, are not under professional care. And I, I almost, I kind of like wrote it for myself. Like if I am just all the things that I know from all the years that not just in clinical practice, but all the personal development and self-growth online courses and retreats and conferences that I've gone through that have really made a great impact in my life that got me to where I am and how I think about things, how I manage stress. I just felt like it's helpful for many people to, to just to share that. And I just put it in there. So I'm pretty sure some listeners right now are probably like, well, can you explain what the difference is between a psychologist and a psychiatrist is and why you specifically chose to get into psychiatry versus psychology? Great question. So, um, a psychiatrist is a medical doctor. So the training is, the difference really is the training and the approach to care. Um, psychiatrists go to medical school. So you go to college and then medical school for four years, or right now there's some schools that are three years. And then you go to residency where you choose your specialty and then you train specifically in that specialty. So I chose a psychiatry residency program. And then in my practice, I can do things like psychotherapy and medication management, medical management. So it's really combining um, anything medical with the psychological um, strategies that we can teach patients. Not all psychiatrists do psychotherapy. I love psychotherapy. In my head, I can't separate it because it's not all about medications or treatments or procedures. Your thinking and your your mind just has to be, it has to be practical. Yeah. We have to learn coping strategies and we have to learn about how to manage our thoughts. Now, psychologists do psychotherapy and other strategies, just minus the medical school um, training, just minus the medical school background. So a lot of times people might say, I have both. I have a therapist who is a psychologist and I have a prescriber or a medical doctor who takes care of, of that. I do both and some psychiatrists do both. 
when it comes to therapists, there's also different types. It's not just psychologists. There are therapists who are social workers, who are licensed marriage and family therapists, and there's all kinds of different trainings around that. It really depends on their their specialty and their um, their interests. Because you can get into trauma-focused therapy, for example. You can get into um, other other modalities. So the best thing, I actually talked about that too in Module 8. The best thing is something I recommend for anyone looking for support. There's all kinds of information out there. And there's many providers who are now describing themselves on websites or um, search engines like um, if you go to Google, even you can read description. I say do your do your research. It's really important to get a sense of what are they really about and what's their treatment approach, and then call and see how they, how do they respond on email, how do they respond on your phone calls, because those are different um, signs of whether or not you think it's going to be a match. And the match is so important when it comes to professional care. You have to feel safe. You have to feel free and brave to to um, have that interaction with your provider. So I have a question about medication. Since you are able to prescribe medication, um, and I want to destigmatize, I guess, the whole idea of medicating, when do you feel it's necessary to prescribe medication for a, for a patient? Yes, great question. I'm actually usually very strict when it comes to medications because the way I see things is um, medications for some cases are needed to just tone down your nervous system just enough so that you can engage your thoughts and you can get your body functions back. I usually don't go to medications first, actually. That's why you, my my sessions are, are extensive and comprehensive. There's lots of like information that I have to gather because lots of times it's behavioral. So in my mind, there's there's three three specific things that will have me go to medications right away. That's if the symptoms or how it's showing up in your body and your mind and your functioning in your life is so debilitating that your quality of life is in the danger level. Like for example, if depression is so severe, it shuts down the frontal part of your brain where it's not working very well, that it lessens your motivation to even eat or drink water or move. Now that's dangerous to the body. It can cause all kinds of muscle problems and it's not good for you. Your body needs water and food. You need to be able to move. You need to be able to talk. And that's what we call catatonia. Sometimes symptoms can be severe where you start getting out of touch from reality, where you start becoming psychotic. That can be dangerous too, because we know how powerful the brain is. Sometimes the brain can will trick you into saying, you are Superman, you can jump off the window. That's a life-threatening situation. That can be dangerous. Or you're so paranoid that you think you need to hurt this other person because they're reading your mind and they're controlling you. Yeah, Those are some examples. And then... The, the other, the third one where I would think of medication is if suicidal thoughts are really so pervasive that that the person is starting to plan and having some behaviors 
that are leading there. So really life-threatening situations where I would say, okay, we have to really support your brain. And I think the brain is an organ, just like your pancreas, just like your heart, just like your skin when you have a wound and it needs some antibiotics so that you don't get infected. Each person is different and medications does not have to be, you know, forever. Now, last thing is, again, medications, just so that we can get the nervous system back again to some sort of, to some clarity so that it can, we can think, okay, what do we need to do now? I appreciate you sharing that because, you know, as a patient myself and um, somebody that's not in the medical field, it's always good to hear like when a doctor, you know, feels it's necessary to prescribe um, depressants, you know, um, depressant medication. And, and I like that your criteria is, it has to be like these three different criteria, criteria before you actually, you know, start writing something, um, writing a prescription. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I really think, so you mentioned suicide and I do want to touch a little bit about suicide. Um, what are the signs and, you know, as, we would love to catch somebody before they actually make that attempt. Um, so what are the signs in your medical opinion? What are your, what are the signs that we should be looking for? Gosh, I think there's just, it can present in so many different ways. And sometimes it can present in, in a way where, you know, you don't expect it can happen with anyone who is not showing any signs. And that's how, again, your brain is so smart. If it wants something, if it's focused on something, it's going to do whatever it takes to get. Even if it means showing up as the most perfect person with the most perfect life and no anxiety, no depression, nothing. And then all of a sudden they're gone. Yeah. So I want to say something. Yeah. So it's interesting that you're kind of the way I'm listening to you talk about the brain almost separate from the mind. When I, when I hear mind, I automatically think brain and mind together. But I think you said something earlier about the, you know, you're not just focusing on the mind, you're also focusing on the brain. And I, it, I've never heard it like that. And I think that's really interesting, because the brain does have this way of hijacking your thoughts and your, your mindset, like you were just talking about the the three, the suicide and psychosis and, you know, life threatening things that your brain decides to do on its own. Um, one of the situations I, so since I can remember, my brain goes to suicidal thoughts when I get really, really in those weird, dark places. And that's kind of a way for me to, it's a signal for me to say, whoa, something's off with your hormones. That's the first thing I think of. I don't think, oh, there's something off with your brain. So my question is, what are your thoughts on that? Like with the, the hormones situation. And the second thing is, I thought my brain was the same as everybody else's brain. I remember having a conversation with my fiance and saying how I get to dark places and I have suicidal thoughts and I don't know why, but I just go there all the time. It's like, I just immediately go there. Sometimes life could be amazing. And all of a sudden I'll start thinking of ending my life, you know? And I'm like, don't you get that way? And he's like, no, I, ne I never, I've never got that way. I don't go there. And I just had this weird moment where I was like, wait a second, 
there's people who have dark places in their life, but they don't get to that point. I didn't even know brains like that existed or mindsets like that existed. So I just think that's really interesting how we have different brain developments. Yes. Oh, I, I love that you bring that up. My mind is going so fast because I'm like, oh, I got to talk about this and this and this. So just to wrap up the, the suicide question before I get to that. Um, so there, for some people, it shows us not what we think about, right? Perfect, everything, whatever, even though there's no perfect. For others, it's subtle, subtle signs of like sadness, depression. You know. That's why for me, taking if it's about someone, for people we care about, for example, that's why nurturing our relationships is so important because you get to know that person and then you get to know when something is off. And it could be as simple as, ah, they're not, um, they're not enjoying these things that we used to enjoy doing before. For me, it could be as simple as I'm in session with a patient and the, the pace of their talking is different. It could be as subtle as that. And now to tie it to, but of course that what we see on, on um, information in public is things like, you know, depression and the signs of depression are, it's very clear. It's, uh, uh, well, it's not clear, but there's criteria, sleep changes, appetite changes, energy changes, feeling, feelings of guilt, losing interest in things. Um, in psychiatry, we think of it, or yeah, in psychiatry, we think of it as levels of functioning. Is your functioning, like your self-care, your attending to your kids or your work, is it changing? Is it affecting? So those are some of the cues. Now, going back into Helen's and brain question is then, every single, no two brains are the same. Because even, even twins, let's just say, the mechanics, oh, and, and I say brain because to me, it helps me think of when I say brain automatically, my brain goes, oh, brain as an organ and brain as part of your body. Like I literally imagine brain. When I say mind, it's brain and all of its wonder and thoughts and how it, how it works in this universe. So the word brain just helps me say, okay, remember Gretchen, this is an organ in your body that is part of your nervous system. And no two brains are the same. Not, that's why no two experiences are the same. And it makes sense because the, the, the cars might be the same, right? But the drivers are different. Where you're going are different. Right? The types of gas you're using are different. Where you're getting your money to pay for your gas is different, yeah. So each person's brain, and from the moment you were born, you may have the you may have the genetic predispositions, but even that would be different because your parents are different, right? Their genes are different. So the genetic contributors to how your brain's gonna function is already gonna be different. For two siblings, it's gonna be different because the age of your parents when you were conceived is already gonna be different. And then the way you're raised will be different. Your friends are going to be different. Your life experiences are going to be different. And all of those parts of your environment affect how your mind or your brain do its thing, the wirings that it makes, the meanings that it puts onto experiences. Now, because your brain is part of your nervous system and that's part of your entire body, 
that dictates how the rest of your organs work, hormones then and interaction with how your brain works will be different for each person. There are there are things we know about hormones that are um, that that feel similar, like for women, for example, like things like oxytocin, for example, for most women can help with breastfeeding and milk letdown. But first, so we know that about, that's the function of this hormone. But because each body is different, that breastfeeding experience is going to be different for each woman. And hormones are so important because even just knowing that your hormones is tied to dopamine, which is one of your most major happy neurochemicals, then of course, any hormonal changes, any dysregulation in hormones can affect your mood. And because of your very unique life experience, it just happened that that combination of your body and your life experiences and the time when certain experiences in your life happened gave you, it, it, it tagged the brain to equate a particular hormonal change with this feeling of suicidality. Wow, thank you for breaking that down. Um, you have such a calm voice, Gretchen. I love your voice. Thank I, you. <laughs> as part of your mental path, you should have like a meditation because I can totally see you leading a meditation workshop in the mental path. Um, but yes, I mean, I, I see that. We actually had a guest, Dr. Luann. Um, oh gosh, I'm Brizadine. 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 She um, is an author of The Female Brain and the Male Brain. She wrote three books, I want to say. Absolutely enjoyed, you know, the conversation with her. And I, I feel like I need to revisit her book. Um, but the brain is so powerful. You've mentioned it multiple times today. And, and um, you know, back to the mental path, I really do appreciate that course. And I appreciate the workbook. Can you talk a little bit more about the workbook? And what does that entail? Um, and yeah, how, how will that workbook help with our course? Yes, thank you. So the workbook is really just your partner while you are going through the course. Even if you don't have the course and if you just go through the workbook, it's really designed to take some of the questions, actually most of the questions that were presented in each lesson. And you can, so you can write on it, you can download it in your computer and copy, make multiple pages of the same thing. And it's really to emphasize the power of writing. Gosh, it's so helpful. Even if you're writing, even if what you love doing is just checklists, or even if you're like dear diary type of writing, there's just so much science behind it and so much power. And it makes sense because you're, all of these experiences and these feelings, it's, it's by words, right? We think of something and that something translates into a word your brain translates it into, oh, this word is associated with all of these things. Let me then make you feel this way. And then everything that we do is driven by our emotions, like how we decide, like how how I'm talking, like my pace of talking, you know, because I'm excited. Like it's actually hard for me to slow down because I'm so excited being here. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's what the workbook is about. It's really just to, to guide you. The there is something beautiful about putting pen to paper 
Um, so I, what I hear you saying is that it's much like a journal. So it's something that you do your course and then you're journaling onto this, onto your, onto the workbook. Um, so thank you. I did receive the workbook. So I'm excited. I'm also excited to hear that you're going to be adding more things to the mental path. So we have this for life. And whenever that you, um, whenever that you feel, you know, call to add, you're going to add more and then we'll also see it on our side. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. So for example, in the strategies module, I had plans to write about relationships and even like insights from a mom. So really all the things, just the many life lessons that I have helped me that I know can help. I think of my sister or I think of a good friend, like what could this person, you know, what could we be excited about together or could help this person um, be do whatever it is that they want to do? The, the most important part of this course for my students actually is our Q&A session. So um, for those who purchase the course or sign up, um, initially I thought, okay, I'll have three Q&A sessions where I'm not, it's not therapy. I'm not being a doctor. I'm just like there as a learner and we're learning each other. But I, and people will ask all kinds of questions. And from that, um, there are some students say, oh gosh, there's like gems that just come out of this because I never thought about it this way. Um, and it's it's people's chance to just like, again, be brave. That seems to be the theme of today, right? Just ask anything that you have always thought about, but you have an expert there who can answer it. And everyone else in the in the group with so much life experiences, like the students who were there um, to, to share, to share experiences. So initially I thought three, but then it wasn't enough because it was so fun and we just get so much out of it. And so they get five. And then, um, gosh, I have big dreams for this year because this course has just really brought so much gift into my life and excitement. And so I'm, I'm thinking about putting just stuff out there, like on, social media and all that stuff so to to just share for people i really appreciate every time you're on like i feel like i learned so much in the way you talk about the dynamics of the body the brain the hormones and you know the traumas that we face outside of ourselves and within ourselves i feel like my brain lights up and thinks whoa our bodies are so cool because there's so many different parts to it not just with like what's here present but like you were talking about the genetic makeup how we're all different than our parents and I'm just like oh my gosh like this is a fascinating human alien type body like it's so weird because we don't know everything but yet we spend our lives trying to figure it out to make it work the best for us and you know, I, I just love what you said about writing also, because I stopped writing. I mean, I'm writing a book, but it's more typing, you know, and it's not the same as when I used to write. And I had a memory of like, why don't I write anymore, like journal? And I stopped journaling because somebody read all my diaries one time and it just really scarred me for life. And I was like in my 20s and I, I stopped since then. So I write, but when I write, I notice I press down so hard. I mean, I've got a little callus on my finger and it hurts. So I'm, I'm like writing with force and I'm trying to get through it as fast as possible. And none of my words even look like, like the actual word. 
and I'm rushing through it. And that's when, that's the only time I write, but I love workbooks and I love workbooks because it takes the, the mind out of it and it gives me prompts to just answer the question. And it, and I like that. So I'm definitely going to be, I got your workbook too. I'm going to download it. I can't wait to get started, but I've learned so much from you. And, um, I just want to say thank you because I think this is so awesome. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get her on again and again and again. <laughs> I actually do have a suggestion or maybe a mm, feedback. And my feedback is what about kids? Have you thought about creating something for children? Because I feel like, so my children um, and I go to like a group therapy session, absolutely enjoy it um, because we play games there and um, we just see things in like a different way. And um, we're just, we're fortunate enough, you know, to be able to do that. And there are some out there that cannot, right? Because um, it's not free, right? And so um, I would, I would love for you to create something for kids. Um, one of the things that we're learning right now is um well communication styles which was fascinating um so the children were given each like jenga blocks but they are colored um so junior had one nina had one and they were not able to see each other junior was not able to talk um he was just he his, the instruction was to listen Nina created something and as she's creating, she's explaining what she's creating and he has to mimic whatever she created. It was such a great eye-opening um, activity to see the communication. Like for me, I was listening to her and it sounded perfect because I was watching and I was, you know, I was there with her. But for my son, he created a totally different thing. Um, and his response was, well, I wasn't able to ask her questions. And I didn't know that it was it was 3D instead of flat. So he created a I'm sorry. He created a 3D version instead of a flat version and my daughter created a flat version. Anyway, that's just one activity, but what I'm seeing is that as they're learning at this young age, it's these are the building blocks that I feel like we should have gotten when we were younger. And I think if we had gotten it when we were younger, at least we would have been I feel like we've been more prepared as adults, you know, to handle certain situations. So I would, I would highly encourage you if you could to create something for children. Were you, was that ever a thought in your mind to do? Yes. So um, my, one of my life dreams, actually Carl and I, Carl's my husband is to create something for kids. So we're thinking maybe like for books and, and really the most basic things and even how, even how my own course, like even though it's for adults, it's really, it's really like designed for us to step back and look at those, look at the Jenga pieces before it even gets built. Yeah. Like most basic things. And it's almost like bringing back to what were some of the foundation skills that we learned as kids. So yes, I love your suggestion because I think this is an opportunity to actually partner with, let's say, a, a child psychologist or a child psychiatrist who has very like expert uh, ideas about, about how this works. And I can give my perspective as a mom psychiatrist with two young kids who just love, I love motherhood. It's one of my most favorite things to, <laughs> in life. But yeah, I um, light bulb and I will definitely, yeah. I was going to say that, that too. Okay, I'm going to piggyback off that January. Here's my suggestion. Uh, I think you should write a book. I 
I think this whole podcast in our last podcast, there's so much flavor, so many good tips, so many, I mean, it's just abundant with, with powerful tools and messages and explanations of things that I think so many of us want to know. And I think as a collection of the questions and, and things you're getting feedback from your course is another, um, you know, just another thing you can put in your book. Books, I'm a book lover. I'm I obsessed with books. So <laughs> of course, and I'm an author. So I'm going to be like, write a book, write a book, because I think you have so much to put out there. So just planting that seed if it's not already there. Thank you. And it, it is, it has been there. All of this thing, like 10 years ago, I said, I want to write a book. And and I think all of this is really um, a stepping stone to that. And I think meeting you, Helen, is a big stepping stone to that. Like seeing other women just putting their life wisdom out there into a book that another person can read. Because I'm a book consumer too. I have more books than I could read you know, in my house. And I gained so much from that. And there's something about really holding something on your hand and then highlighting and writing on it. And yeah, it's like a personal touch, a personal gift from one person to another. So yes, I would love to write a book. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I love all the encouragement and energy. Thank you. Well, so with that said, can you tell us how to find the mental path? Yes, you can go to thementalpath.com. And I'm also on Instagram. It's at the underscore mental underscore path. And you'll have the links to the course. I am, January is a big month for me because I'm putting together my webinar so that it can be out there for people to have just really free information too. Like it's not, even if people don't buy my course, that's all good. I just want to spark the interest in mental health and people to feel confident talking about their mental health, looking at their own stuff, really. And again, this is not just for folks who are thinking, oh, should I see a psychologist or a psychiatrist? Even if you feel like life is all good, I think if you're thinking about just elevating how you're taking care of yourself, this is what it's designed for. Like it for me, I wrote it for me too. Like, how can I keep going and how can I do more of what I love doing? Yeah, this is what it's about. You know, I think um, just to add to that, I I think complacency is uh, such a killer to a lot of things. When we are complacent and we think that we're all good in our mental health, because I, at some point I felt like, oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. But it's really such a good habit to have. And I love that you are promoting it because mental health, you know, it's, 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 um, I don't think we realize how much our mental health can really affect everything around us and everybody around us. Um, and so once we do take care of ourselves and we're much more inclined to take care of others and to be more productive. So I'm really excited about the mental path. Um, you can find me January Liddell on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me VIP Finance Builders on, on Facebook and Instagram. It's the same one, VIP Finance Builders. Helen, where can we find you? Yes, thank you. Uh, you can find me Helen Edwards on Hell of a Journey with one L on Instagram. TikTok, hell of a journey with the number one at the end and Facebook, sexy freedom media. You can get my book, uh, nothing sexier than freedom that's available on audible and Amazon. And if you're looking for assistance or uh, help in the financial industry or 
with your finances, uh, contact me. I'm a financial strategist. Thank you so much, Gretchen, for coming on. I had a blast. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. Aloha, everyone. Thank you, Gretchen. Thank you for listening. Bye. Want to hear more? Visit us at sexyfreedommedia.com.